You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 453. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP453. there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, pod people. Amy here, and I am so thrilled to bring you part two of how to keep your love alive in a long-term relationship. And I am joined by none other than Mr. Smith. I just did a very Renaissance bow for you. Yes. You are so <laughs> regal. You are so regal. More of, a, more of a, a gentleman's curtsy, if you will. That's right. So we are in a series around making marriage work, how to communicate, how to get through difficult situations. We kicked it off with... A guest expert, Figs O'Sullivan, you'll definitely want to check that out, episode 451. And then last week, we started a little two-part mini inside of that series with Mr. Smith and myself. It's a little where, inside. It's a little inside, I know. <laughs> where we started digging into a handful of things that we've done over the years that have really helped keep our love alive. And if you've hung out with me on the show, you know that I'm constantly giving you step-by-step items, things to work on, tools, tactics, things like that. And I thought it might be nice to have a little departure where we just give you sort of an inside view of what it looks like to have a super tenured relationship. We've been together 25 years, married for 23. And what are some of the things that we've been able to identify that have really helped keep our connection strong, kept our love alive? Yeah. So we started off with four last week. We talked about daily maintenance and play, growing together and separately. We talked about sex. Mr. Smith super duper embarrassed me. I did. I I was surprised that embarrassed you. I got all red. Throw everything out there and let the cards fall where they may. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think he's going to be using that on me for a while. That's right. And then finally, respect and nicety. So be sure to catch part one. They don't necessarily have to be in chronological order. But you'll definitely want to make sure you listen to that as well. And then next week, we're going to kick off a new series all about transitions, life transitions, and curveballs. Like when things happen out of nowhere and you're like, holy shit, how do I deal now that I just got laid off or have this crazy diagnosis? So stay tuned for that. But we want to dig into some more items around keeping your love alive, but for nostalgia's sake, we thought we would bring back a segment 
that we used to have years ago when Mr. Smith was my sidekick. So if you're newer to the show, you may not know that Mr. Smith was on the show for seven and a half years, something like that. Yeah. Eight years, maybe. And I've only been doing it by myself for a year year or so, a year and a half. So I'm back on the show. And we did a segment back in the day that we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather is. Would you rather be able to teleport anywhere in the world at a moment's notice? Okay. Or have have an animal bestie, your choice, that can speak telepathically with only you. Oh, they don't speak out loud. No. They speak telepathically. Telepathically. I changed okay. it up. You changed, I changed it. Changed it a little bit, yeah. Okay, we didn't workshop this. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I thought I Okay. I've got some qualifying questions. Of course you do. If if I teleport somewhere, can, how, can I bring or how much like mm. luggage can I bring? You can bring a small suitcase, okay. like, a, like a briefcase. Like a carry-on. No. Well, okay. A carry-on. We'll a, say a carry-on. A carry-on. Yeah. And you cannot take anybody else with you. Okay. Though. So no, no pets, no... No significant others. Yeah. Just, just you. Okay. So it's just me. And I could take a little weekender bag and I could just be like, boom, I want to be in Florence, Italy. Or, yeah. Or you can go to Alaska. You can go to Ukraine. I would. You could go to Siberia. I would go to. You could go to Ireland. Zealand. You can go anywhere you want. Anywhere you want on this planet. Okay. Galapagos, for God's sake. Okay. How about it? Okay. <laughs> I get it. If you, if you also picked that, can we both go? Yeah. To get, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe. But you. But then, yeah. See, you could meet me there, but or I could meet you there. Depending. You would have to fly. But I could bring my bestie. (laughs) That's right. It was a koala bear. But spoke telepathically. A koala bear, but it would also have to be a support koala bear so that it could go on the plane. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Have to pretend to be blind or something. I don't know. I'd have to do something. Just having extreme anxiety. That's true. Yeah, this is my anxiety koala. This is my anxiety boa constrictor. <laughs> I just, I need to feel tightly hugged. I just need to be squeezed. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so it can speak telepathically to me. Yeah, intelligently. It can have a conversation, you know, full conversations. Oh, okay. What's, can you give me like, it would have the intellect of like a 10-year-old or a 40-year-old. Well, that's a good question. Uh, I would say someone in, of our caliber. Okay. Someone who could speak on our level, on the level you are. Okay, as a 43-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, good. So I could talk about, like, belief systems. Sure. And social yeah. justice. Sure, and... but only telepathically. So I would just have to think about it. Yeah. And then, but but everything else, they could be, like, a little pet and, like, cozy in yeah. with me. Sure. It could be a guinea pig if you wanted. That'd be I, I'm fine. I'm liking this koala idea. I like the koala bear, but, um, you know, koalas are sharp toad. I know. You definitely have to like, or maybe, hey. What hey, about a sloth? Uh, a sloth's a pretty sharp toad animal as well. I know. But we could go get Manny And they wouldn't be good travel partners. <laughs> we could get Manny Yeah, you could get Manny <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, what are you going to pick? Uh, well, I think because we haven't got to travel as much as I would like. The two of us together, mm-hmm. 
I think we should both pick that one and just travel the world without ever having to get on a goddamn plane. That's true. That's true. I And we'd save a lot of money on airfare. Is there any adverse effect of the the telepathy? Like is there is that what it's called? Telepathy, yeah. Yeah. That like you get to where you're going but you're so exhausted. No. Okay. No. Okay, cool. You just get the best, either the bestie. The the whole point of this was, do you want a companion or do you want to be able to do stuff on your own? Yeah. Right? That's kind of the dichotomy of the, Yeah. would you rather? I agree with you that we should both pick it. It's a loophole. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the question. (laughs) Here's the question. What if you have a support koala, I have a support boa constrictor (laughs) that lives in the house and a boa wants to eat the koala do they can they telepathically talk to one another no only to you only okay (laughs) i couldn't talk to your koala you couldn't talk to my boa okay and they couldn't talk to each other and they couldn't talk to each other okay all right then i pick the travel one travel i pick i pick yeah superimpose myself or whatever it's called superimpose no it wouldn't be superimposed would it no what are, you, what are you trying to say? I guess it's telepathically. Yeah, you transport. 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 Yeah. That's the word. Telepathically, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Is I that... think I would choose that as well. Okay. That would be my choice. That really fits with the theme of this this podcast today. It does. <laughs> yeah. That way we could be together. <laughs> We're making healthy choices for our relationship. <laughs> All right. So we would love to hear what you would rather. So scoot over to Instagram. That's where I hang out the most. You can find me under the handle Hey Amy Green Smith, and Find the meme for this episode and let us know what you would rather. We miss hearing from you all. No loopholes. And do not come onto my page and say, I don't pick either one. Yeah. We're not doing that. It's not an option. Okay? Just just don't say anything at all. It's not how the game works. That's not how the game works. Okay. Let's start talking about some of the additional ways that we have kept our love alive over the last 25 years. Okay, so let's I'm do s- it. Start off with a big one here. Willingness to be vulnerable. We touched on that slightly last week. Yeah, so here's the deal with vulnerability. And I I did I've done a couple episodes on this too, so we'll we'll link to that. Mm-hmm. Recently I did one on the connection between vulnerability and intimacy. In a nutshell, the amount of intimacy that you experience inside of a relationship is directly equivalent to how vulnerable you're willing to be. Mm-hmm. What I see a lot of are folks who really want rich, intimate relationships with their partner. And I'm not just talking sexually. I'm talking about like emotionally intimate. Sure. But they're not willing to be vulnerable. It's almost like you go first. You share all your shit, and then I'll decide if I feel safe enough to to meet you there. And that's not how intimacy is created. Now, what I will say is you and I developed very early on the understanding that we were safe to be vulnerable with. Yeah. Not all partnerships have that safety or the tenure of the relationship has not proven to be one of safety. Yeah. And we have so many other podcasts that I've done on things like that. And so today is going to be a little bit of a different departure because this is about an inside look into what it looks like 
when you are safe and when you are able to be vulnerable and cultivate that intimacy with one another. So I'm curious what you think has contributed to the reasons why we both feel safe being vulnerable with each other. Like saying we're having a hard time. Or... Um, I think you naturally were that way. Oh. And it opened me up and allowed me to be that way. I think that's at the, the germination of it all. Yeah. Was it's just natural for you. Like that's one of the yeah. things I loved about you when I first met you was how candid you were and how there was no games and you didn't have to guess what you were thinking and you were Here's you were just you were just out there with it. Yeah. And it was refreshing. Yeah. So it allowed me to be that way as well. I think there's there was a way in which my parents really fostered that. Mm. And my brothers are different, are completely different. So I think everybody interprets their family of origin in a different way. Sure. But I felt always like I could express kind of any type of an emotion with my family and my parents never made me wrong for it. Mm. In fact, they thought it was cool. Like they would say, you should be in drama. You're so good at tapping into these things. So it wasn't – it was never – a negative thing and and then what came out of that is i never learned how to put up walls and i had had a couple of friendships where i it, it, we would have these like big kind of come to jesus all out fights i'm thinking of two in particular and i'm just a mess just crying and saying exactly how i feel in both of these instances, these two friends of mine were so stoic, shut, like just emotionally shut down and just handled everything like, well, then this, then that, then that, you know. And I pragmatic, huh? remember thinking like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, I don't, I've never learned that because they never had to. It's right. it's a defense mechanism. It's a way to protect yourself. Sure. Sure. And I think I had a lot of luxury in that way being, you know, a lot of my issues surround religion yeah. and religious trauma. But be actually but emotionally, you had a lot of freedom. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so it didn't make sense to me ever to play games about things, you know, and I because our family never talked about stuff. Yours it didn't. Was, mm -mm, no, we talk about it with each other, but never to the person. Right. The wrong people. Right. So. That was one of the things that was refreshing about you is you you were just very real. Here's how I feel. Yeah. And it uh, it made it easy for me to. So I don't know if that translates to what we're trying to say here, but um, I feel like that was kind of the origin yeah. for us in allowing for that vulnerability. And there can be real baby steps with this too. Like I don't I don't think that if – you're in a relationship where you haven't really felt safe. Yeah. I don't think you jump in with both feet and you just bare your soul and you express how you feel about absolutely everything. I think you start really with baby steps and yeah. you, you say things like, you know, I, I might not be super clear about this, but 
I'm really struggling at work right now. Yeah. You know, that might start somewhere. Yeah. That might be a vulnerable thing for you to express instead of what we lean on most of the time, which is just anger and spite and just being sharp with each other instead of saying, I got some really bad news at work today and I'm really hurting. Like that's really hard to say. So it's easier to be like, why are you leaving your shoes out? (laughs) Right? And I like to call that the surface issue versus the root issue. Like the root issue is how you're feeling typically, that you're overwhelmed at work, you know, and that would involve vulnerably sharing that with somebody. But the surface issue is just, you left your shoes out. Right. Right? And like it's the way you channel the emotion that you feel. For sure. That makes sense. So I think as it relates to that, if that's something that you struggle with, I would definitely suggest having a listen through the vulnerability intimacy episode that I just recently did. We'll link it in the show notes. Okay. The next one, this is a meaty one, and this has been multiple, multiple episodes, but learning how to communicate with each other. Yeah. Uh, That is an ongoing organism. Yep. That is something that continues to grow. I don't think that one ever completely is fully matured. No, I don't think so either. A couple things that we've worked through over the years, one of them is the way that each of us are motivated. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. (laughs) You are one of those that gets really motivated by maybe some tough love or... Well, it was was, uh, what was given, meaning that that's how my stepfather showed it. That's how my dad showed it. That's how my coaches showed it. That's how a lot of my teachers showed it. So I adapted to that way of motivating. Yeah. Um, that means get into action. Go get into action. Right. Yeah. And to me, it was like, it's morally devastating. It kind of closes you down. Yeah. Sure. Like if somebody says like, well, then let's do it. Like shit or get off the pot. Let's go. I'm like... Like, mm-hmm. it, I'm not motivated that way. And so we've had to learn how to speak to each other with regards to honoring that. And right. and one thing that's been super helpful, I'd say, over the last 10 years or so is just asking each other, how can I be amazing for you? Yeah. Or what do you need, what do you need from me right yeah. now? Because I think most of the time when somebody when somebody comes to you with something that they're going through, your partner comes to you. They're upset about something. Our instinct almost always is to fix it. Yeah. Well, all you or prescribe. All prescribe. you need to do is this. Yeah. All you need to do is that. Which um, can backfire on you boys. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and women do it too. Don't get sure. me wrong. I mean, everybody does it, but it's our natural instinct, like you said. We want to. We and it comes from a good place most of the time. Most of the time, it's I don't like to see my partner suffering. I know my best friends like this. My bestie is a lot more like Mr. Smith, where. When she sees me suffering, she wants me to stop suffering. So it comes out a little bit more biting and like, we'll just do this. Well, you know, and we've had to really learn same type of communication tactics. What do you need from me right now? Mm -hmm. Do you want more of an advice type of thing or do you need a listening ear? And sometimes just giving each other ideas of like, do you need to be alone? Do you want to vent? Do you want me to? And then I think that's a good uh, um that's a, a a good thing to say because a lot of times when people are in those moments, they don't know what they need. That's right. So asking what they need can be frustrating. 
Yes. But if you say, do you need a listening ear? You kind of give some ideas of angles of where to go that might help them get out of the fight or flight moment and get into like, okay, what about me? What do I need right now? Yeah. Right. What's helpful. And then each of us learning how to just say what we need too, like, you know, where I've been able to say, it takes two to communicate, right? It's, hey, I need, will you tell me how sexy I am to you? Yeah. Or will you, will you make it a point to say, I'm really proud of you yeah. over the next week? I really could use that. So I really am. Like, What's you're up? Killing it right now. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. There's a, there's a moment right there. See? Oh. <laughs> In real life, we modeled it for you. But I think being able to communicate to one another is one thing. But then the opposite part of that is for each of us to be okay with what the other person needs. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. Early on in our relationship, there would be times when I was working at home and Mr. Smith would say, you have a certain amount of words that you need to get out in a day. And if you don't get them out, when I come home, you're going to get them all out. land on me, yeah. But Mr. Smith's in a helping profession. He's giving, 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 giving to people all day long as a massage therapist and body worker and educator. So teaching. And so coming home, he's not always ready to give more or – in the early days, it would be, okay, I don't want to hurt her feelings, so I'm going to pretend I'm listening yeah, and not really hear things. And then later on, I'd be like, I told you this. Why don't you remember? So we were able to kind of mitigate <laughs> that by you saying, hey, I really, I really want to hear about this. I'm not in the space where I'm going to retain anything. Can we postpone this till Saturday or – you know, and then for me to not get offended, that's another piece of the, the puzzle. It is. Is yeah. that person, if you're genuinely saying, what do you need right now? And you say, I just need some silence. And for me to not be offended by that. Absolutely. Yeah. That dance, I think, is, is really, really important. We had that, too. I don't know if you remember this, babe where you would process a lot of things internally. I still do. You still do. And then once you were ready to dig into it, then you would bring it to me and I kind of would know, okay, he's probably been chewing on this for like a couple of months. I need to pay attention and be here with him versus me who processes everything out loud in real time <laughs> with four or five people. And that's how I'm able to come to conclusions Early on, I would be like, tell me how you feel. Tell me all the things. Do it right now. No, no waiting. It's my version of get your ass up and get it done. Yeah, right? exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was something that we had to learn that you, you physically and emotionally, mentally could not just process right then. Yeah. You needed that mulling over process. And I needed to stand back. And, like, genuinely give that some time. My computer has a slower processor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mine's got that Apple M1 chip. Yeah. <laughs> Less battery, more power. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the battery tuckers out real quick. <laughs> and time for a nap. 
So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where well, here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday and if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits, and it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician, and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's Get Checked lets you avoid uncomfortable office visits by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash bold truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code bold truth, all one word at checkout. That's bold truth to save 30% on your first test test kit. Now let's jump back into today's topic. 
the another piece of the communication pie that I think would be kind of fun to share is magic, what we call magic. Yes, that is a good one. Yeah, magic's good. You want me to talk about it? Yeah. So our version of that is, let's say, a, a great example is, like, when I leave the house, the bed's a mess. Um, you know, I am not the best person to slide under the sheets and no, leave them the way they are. No, this man will fuck up a bed sheet. <laughs> He's huge. So I get he... hot. I get cold. I put my sheets on. I take them off. I want layers. I don't want layers. But almost every day when I come home, the bed is made. Yeah. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. So you call out the magic and you say, oh, my God, the bed made itself. Thank you so much. Right? And it's a way for us to acknowledge the invisible labor invisible that each labor. one of us does. Yes. So I handle all of the inside stuff for the house. I, I shouldn't say all. A lot of majority. A lot of the inside yeah. stuff. Mr. Smith handles the outside stuff. Like you'll take all the recycling and all the trash and stuff from the house, set it on the patio. I take it out to the trash cans, take the trash cans to the door. Yes. To the curb, right? Which we're or tapping in a little lawn, sprinkler system, trees falling, that kind of stuff. You handle anything plumbing or, you know, fans breaking, things like that. So there will be times when Mr. Smith has, like, somebody coming to clean the gutters. Or he handles the the gentleman who mows our lawn. And he knows that I really like when they mow in a specific pattern. And so I'll <laughs> come home, and Mr. Smith has orchestrated with the lawn gentleman to make sure that he mows the lawn in, his, in the little diagonals that I like. And I come home and I'm like, it's magic. So we have tried to really commit to each other anytime we notice things that we had zero part in mm -hmm. that magically got tended to. We try to really call that out. Right. So Mr. Smith makes me from scratch. He makes me garlic salt, which I love. And so when I go in to grab the garlic salt and it's all of a sudden full, it's magic. It's magic. Right. You know? Now, this one can get kind of sticky with some folks because they feel like they're the ones who do everything the magic, in the relationship. Right? Again, other episodes on that and how to communicate <laughs> and how to ask for things like that. But this is one one thing that we've done to really try to acknowledge what other people do. Yeah. So we had a situation years and years ago that kind of illuminates this where it was our first apartment that we had this adjustable shower head that would could go mm. up or down because yes. Mr. Smith is 6'4", 6'3", I'm 5'1 and a half. And so he would obviously need it much higher than I did. So I would pull it down to my height and then get out of the shower. Well, a couple of times, Mr. Smith would get in there and bonk his head on it. So he was like, hey, babe, could you maybe when you get out of the shower, could you just put the shower head up? That way I don't hit my head every time I get in. Sure, babe. No problem. No problem. No problem. So I do it religiously every day. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Until one day I forget to put it up. He gets in, bonks his head. Now, most of us in our relationship, we notice the shit that goes wrong with our partner. Mm -hmm. We notice what they're not doing. But we don't notice all of the magic that they are creating. Right. And that's a recipe for 
people not being seen, not being observed, not being uh, respected or feel like you even have any recognition of the things I do in the house. So to your credit, you came to me and said, hey, babe, you left the shower head down today. And I went, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And you said, no, no, no. It made me realize that that's something that you do every single day to make my life easier. That is total magic that I don't have to think about. And I just want to thank you because you do that like 99% of the time. I learn from the best. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> but that's something that John Gottman, who I talked about a little bit last week, who's kind of a pioneer in the the field of relationships and psychotherapy, how he talks about it being positive sentiment override versus negative sentiment override. And when you create a relationship where a majority of your sentiment to one another is positive, it's far more likely that you you can get over any negative things. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, if you have negative sentiment override where you think my partner ne- never does anything for me, they never do anything in the house, they don't respect me, they don't care – when they do something positive, you're likely to not see it. Not see it. Because you overwrite it to the negative sentiment. So that's something that we've really tried to curate over the years is having this positive sentiment for one another. And what that has meant is when there are missteps, whether it's as small as leaving the shower head down or as big as like a really hurtful comment or, you know, a behavior or something that really was hurtful, we're able to get through that so much faster because we've enveloped the whole relationship in a positive sentiment. Sure. Yep. So part of that is is working on that communication and being able to acknowledge the magic. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we have number one. five, willingness to be vulnerable. Number six, learning to communicate. Number seven, Smith Systems. Smith Systems, yes. So we talked about Smith Systems a little bit here with handling the outside and inside of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we also have basically what Smith Systems are, are any system that we needed to implement in order for both people to feel honored in the household. So we realized early on, like when when I was working in cosmetics and I wore black every day. You were working in massage therapy and you had just tons of sheets to do laundry for. Yeah. So if we were – plus you're huge, so your shit has to be washed a lot faster than like my tiny clothes. I can wait three or four weeks. <laughs> so we developed – we were like, okay, laundry's not working because I can wait forever and you've got to do it quickly. So we just started doing our laundry separately. You do your laundry. I do mine. And then we would also have days. Like you do laundry these days. I do laundry these days. Yeah, we have that So now. that we didn't, like, fight over the washer and dryer. That's right. Yeah. And not be like, oh, I was planning on getting laundry done today. Exactly. And, like, you're bogarting it. So those those little things create so much harmony. We have separate sides of the refrigerator. We have separate sides we of the pantry. separately groceries-wise. We cook our own food. We hire somebody to clean. And some people have said over the years, like, oh, That just makes you like roommates. And I'm like, no, no, no. That makes it so that we literally never have to have discussions or fights over domestic shit. Right. Because everyone knows exactly what they're responsible for. We have a Smith system around the dishwasher. Yeah. Where, you know, one of us is loading. Like right now, it's your turn to load. Yeah. When it's full, you'll say, Amy, dishwasher's ready for you. 
then I unload it and load I, it back together. Yeah. I, I make sure that it gets washed, though. Yeah, you wash don't, it. Don't forget that step. Yeah, that step is important. <laughs> but then we both each don't, when, when it's your turn to load, I don't micromanage your loading. No, but there was one time when I was like, do you think about how you unload the dishwasher? Is that like a process for you? And you're like, no, I just unload it. Yeah. And, I'm, and I was like, well, it would be, I don't have to search for our mugs that are matching. Which we talked about last week. So if would, they're next yeah. to each other. Right. So you started going, oh, that makes sense. And you started loading the dishwasher that way, which was very helpful for right. me. I don't know if it's helpful for you still or not, but yeah. it is helpful. It's like all the plates are in one place, easy to pull out, put away. Bowls right. are similar place, blah, blah, blah. The other thing is finance, yep. which we all know leading cause of divorce, finances. That's right. Or infidelity, right? Yeah. So if your finances are in order, there's a big piece of it that's taken off the table. Yeah. So we talk about money. It's not like each know, man for themselves, yeah. each woman for themselves. Yeah. It's more I'm handling these bills, you're handling these bills. This is how much we're, we're making. This is how much we're putting into this. This is how much we're putting into retirement. This is what this looks like. Yep. We talk about where the money goes. And then we have our own funds that we I would call a slush fund. Yeah. Where we're like, this is our miscellaneous. This is our our play money. This is for us to do with what we want to do. Yeah. This and then is the other caveat money. was, yeah. And then the other caveat was, if there's a purchase that one of us wants to make and it's over three hundred dollars, we would consult the other person. Yeah. To make sure that that was responsible for our money, right? With the exception of business expenses. Business so expenses, yeah. Different. Off, that's different. Yeah, because we each run but our own business. Expenses. Yeah, but if it's like, hey. I really am wanting to get this. We we run that by one another. Yeah. But that is, I cannot imagine having joint finances. I mean, obviously it's been 25 years, sure. but I cannot imagine spending out of the same account. It's wild. But, you know, uh, I will say this. Smith Systems works for us. That's right. You have to develop your own systems, whatever those might be, right? It's just, at the end of the day, it's a way for us to communicate better and to avoid... Um, defensive or negative communication. Yeah, being right? biting with each other. I remember when we had dogs, our first double chins, we have... <laughs> we <laughs> They're called Japanese chins. Th and so we lovingly refer to them as the double chin. We're on our second double chin. Yeah. Our first one, when we were in a different living situation, we had to take them out the condo and actually walk them. Yeah. So we... So we divided up days. Yeah. So it was like, okay, you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Or it was mornings and evenings. We did that too. And that stemmed from when we first got them, I would get like super tired at night and be like, can you take them out? Can you please take them out? And it was like, you were doing it every single time. Right, right. So we were like, let's just develop a system. And then we would trade. We'd be like, hey, I'll take your, remember that? <laughs> yes. We'd be like, I'll take your Thursday if you take my Friday. Like you kids know. trading baseball cards. Yeah. We would totally do that. But <laughs> It is one of the ways that that invisible labor, the domestic labor, is divided out where it's not – there's never anything in the house that either one of us, I don't feel, is like, Ugh, well, I guess I got to take care of that. Right. I don't ever feel like that. I feel like we have – everything has been allocated into a Smith system. And if it isn't, then we usually just talk about – how do we make a system around this? That's right. Right? If it does come up, we're like, oh, there's a system we need. Let's talk about it. How do we figure this out? 
back in our condo in California, I would leave water bottles everywhere. <laughs> back right. when I was using water bottles, which I don't anymore. I use a glass one. But you were like, I don't like you leaving these water bottles everywhere. Can we create a Smith system? So we start and our condo was like four levels. It was so a tree house. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, our little Smith tree house. So he, he was like, why don't we put recycling areas on the different levels so you can just throw your water bottle in a recycling and then we'll load that up at the end of the month or whatever. So every single thing that isn't working well, we just create a system around it instead of being mad at each other or why don't you take care of this or why don't you do that? Right. And it has it truly makes it so that our time together is loving and romantic and not like when, not discussing the things that need to be worked out handled in the house right. like there's just it's already dialed out yeah and so we'll we'll be able to like debrief our day and talk about what happened in our work life or what we're struggling with or what we want from each other or our date days on Saturday the bigger needs right yeah we get to really be present with each other and there's not animosity and we get to really enjoy the play that we institute, which we talked about last week as well. You'll want to check that out. Yep. Yep. We did also cover our mugs and what that's all about in our, in our (laughs) session last week as well. All right. So number seven is Smith systems. And number eight is something we like to call Smith's traditions. Smith's traditions. Okay. This is Smith traditions. So we knew pretty much from the beginning that we didn't want kids and but I wanted to create a lot of the funness around different holidays or birthdays or events. We wanted to create Smith traditions, something that was about this two-person family. And so now we have Smith's traditions around all sorts of things. I mean, one of our elements of play is just naming things fun things too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know. Uh, but we have a whole process around Christmas where we we get drinks going, we put claymation on, or we play Christmas music, and then we like decorate the house and have a whole fun tradition around it. Yeah. We have one around Halloween. One of the other traditions we had was we um, – and now we can't do it because we have too many, but we would give each other ornaments. That's true. That was a tradition we did. But now we've got so many friggin' ornaments that we're like, uh, let's stop that tradition. Yeah, we need a new tradition. It's like tradition. coffee mugs. We have enough coffee mugs. We don't need that tradition anymore. We can just go to the small things about setting them out, right? That's a really good point. Yeah, we did do that where it was – we would be on the hunt for like the perfect ornament for each other yeah. every single year. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got <laughs> way too many. So that that added up over, over the years. <laughs> but Halloween is another huge one. So it's really adorable. Usually November 1st, Mr. Smith rolls over in bed, looks at me in my face and goes, you know what today is? Halloween Hall. It's Halloween Hall, which is the day after Halloween. We we set aside a budget. It's usually he puts 300. I put 300. We have 600 bucks. And we go and we just annihilate Spirit Halloween and right. buy all the animatronics. Everything is, you know, 25 to 50 percent off sometimes. Yeah. So everything's kind of systemized like that Mm -hmm. but halloween is a big like we make sure okay that's usually a saturday event we're getting to the point now where we have to call friends and have them help because (laughs) there's so many animatronics and stuff 
<laughs> but it's been something that's been really fun for us. We also, whenever we're away, whenever we go on vacations or we just went to a hippie fest not too long ago, we'll buy little mugs or drinkware. Sometimes if they're a travel mug, we call them hooligans. Yes. Or hoolies. We need a new hoolie, by the way. We need some new hoolies. Those are basically like if you're going to sneak alcohol in somewhere <laughs> and you're being a hooligan. Being a hooligan. That's right. <laughs> Hulu. Um, but that's a, that's a fun tridit that we do everywhere we go. Like no matter where we are, we're like, ooh, do they have mugs? Do they have hoolies? You know, and it's something that is us. Right. We also talked about creating shared meaning last week, so you'll want to make sure you listen to that too. But another thing that's been newer since we've had the home here is when the spring season comes, we go crazy for our plants. Yes, and, we do love plants. And we're both chronic over waterers, so we have <laughs> to like really watch our water consumption. And we have so much fun with that. You know, like, oh, it's not, Mr. Smith had COVID this year. And he was like, I, I think I need to take a COVID test just to see if I'm negative so I can go get plants. <laughs> and I was like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> but that's been a really fun Smith's tradits that's happening now that we actually have seasons mm -hmm. living out here in NC. We also go to a place called Whitewater Center out here for yeah, like a, music. Usually a spring. Spring event. Spring tradits. Yeah. But the point is, is that we create traditions together. And this really is that concept that we spoke about last week around creating shared meaning, that it means something to the both of us and that we're both invested. All of these things that we're talking about are not me dragging you into something, you dragging me into something. It's that we both are invested in that particular tradition. And I think that's really important that it's not just one person kind of steamrolling. Here's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. But asking each other, like, what do you like? And I had to really watch that with Christmas decorating because I would want to control. Nope, that goes here. That goes there. And I had to start letting go and be like, put it where you want, babe. Right. You know? Yeah. And be a, li that. a little more, a more lenient there. <laughs> so there you have it. We've got number five, willingness to be vulnerable. Number six, learning to communicate. Number seven, Smith systems. Or call it whatever you want. Like, yeah. Uh, what do the Hoffmans call it? Hoffman Harmony. Hoffman Harmony. So you can create your own buzzwords around it, right? But it's sort of that notion of like, oh, we need to put in a harmony around this. We need to put in a system. Or we had friends that would call it, th their last name was Mackle, so they would call it Mackle Methods. Mm. So like, oh, we need to put a method around this. Yeah. Right? So you can create whatever fun little name you want to make for it. And then finally, number eight, creating traditions together. Ours is called Smith's Tradits. Um, obviously, you could come up with fun names, but that's, that's another piece of the play that we've really enveloped our relationship with is is fun pet names for each other, fun silly names for the things that we do. Yeah. And I think that has kept things light over the years. It keeps it light and it creates immunity. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So anything else you want to throw in this space as we conclude your epic mm. return to the pod for a two series <laughs> event? I know. It's been quite uh two weeks. I mean two hours. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's see. Um, 
Gosh, no. I think we've covered most of the things that I would have brought up. Like, you did a great job of that. When people ask you, like, how how are you happy after 25 years? I've never had anybody ask me that. Really? Mm-mm. No. People just kind of, I, I've already said it. They're like, because I have people go, oh, my gosh, you're so cute. Or we, when we're out, <clears throat> people do this a lot. When I'm like, we've been together 25 years. Can you even believe it? After we've done something really cute. And, mm-hmm. and the people are fucking shocked. Oh, that we're so, like, amorous to each other? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's usually when we're together. Like, at work, people don't see that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, that yeah, they don't really ask. I don't get, I don't get a lot of people asking about I it. I used to get it a lot more than I do now. Yeah. But... I think I, most of yeah. the people I see are people that I already know and they already know because I've told them what the relationship is like. So, yeah, yeah, I don't get it too often. I always felt, I mean, uh, with how people are with their kids, you know, how oh, yeah. as soon as you have kids, it's like you can't wait to talk about your kids and, and you can't photos wait. photos. And yeah, but you don't really <clears throat> do that about your partner anymore. No. And and I think part of that is just the emergency of having children, that everything is sort of a go, 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 hustle, hustle, that it's easy to put the, your relationship on the back burner. I also think chemically we're designed to put our focus onto our children to sure. help keep them alive. Right. Right. Of course. Yeah. But I think like, okay, what would that be like if I had a screensaver of my husband? Right. And like both of us right now on our phones have screensavers of each other. That's true. And I got a cute one of you over the Grand Canyon. I know, baby. <laughs> beautiful smile. You're so cute. So that's another thing, too. Like, are you speaking about your partner and acting as though they matter to you? And that, you know, and again, that depends on where you're at in your relationship and all of those things. But that's been something that's been really important to us is. I want to gloat about my partner and how amazing he is as much as I would kids or my dogs, you know, Yeah. because I genuinely yeah. think you're an amazing human. And I want mm-hmm. I, I always feel like pe- everyone needs to know Mr. Smith. He's such an amazing human. Well, there's only one Mr. Smith in the whole wide world. <laughs> That's right. Because It's a very rare, <laughs> very name. rare name. But. Anyway, thank you for hanging out. Hopefully this has been a little bit inspirational for you. And stay tuned. Next week we're going to be starting our brand new series on transition and major life curveballs. So that will be coming at you. And in the meantime, please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and tell the bold-faced truth. Miss and Mr. Smith, out. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you, bye.